0: We're wearing these shirts this morning because it is Mission OKC. It is an opportunity for us as the church, the people of God, to be in our city for the gospel, right? Amen? And so we, we are in the city for the gospel. And that is what we do all the time. But we get to highlight it for two weeks out of the year as Mission OKC. We currently have about 13 teams that are going throughout the city doing a variety of things. You say, well, I haven't really gotten out, thank you for joining us online if you're online with us, but I haven't really gotten out. We have teams for you. We have opportunities to serve in prayer and calling people, encouraging others. We've got teams all over the city that are gonna be outdoors in parks, in nature, going to be uh, making things for teachers, going to be providing encouragement for um, people on 23rd Street. We're working with um, providing some meals and such for Hope Pregnancy Center and the families that are at risk um, that they are encouraging. We are all over the city doing a variety of things for the name of Jesus. Amen? We also need to be thankful that we are six months since this whole coronavirus began, and we have not had one case within our community that has been spread because of the community of believers at Northwest. I think that is a a valid thing to say this morning. We have many community groups that meet throughout the city. We meet every Sunday morning beginning in May the 15th here and um, we have met in a variety of ways and different outreaches and different things that we have opportunities to have and we have yet to see one case that was, was stemmed from an event or an activity amongst our church which we praise God for because we know that He is the one that is protecting us, not um, the, the steps that we have taken, but we are also uh, very encouraged by some of the steps that we have taken as a body and protected our people while still ministering the gospel and moving it forward. I'm going to say this again because I feel like almost every weekend, every Sunday, it is so crucial to say because for a variety of reasons, but in the world in which we are living in today, we are fed information constantly. We are fed thoughts and ideas all the time through social media, through the news. And we have best be fed the very word of God We must hear from God himself and what he says on the issues at hand. Do a little comparison in your head this morning of the number of hours that we spend hearing people on social media, on news networks, versus hearing from the Lord himself. Do a self eval, if you will, How many hours do you spend on your phone looking at the posts of people, social media of what people are saying about the issues? And how much time do you spend in the word of God asking the Lord to reveal himself of what he says about the issues at hand? You see, we must fix our eyes upon Jesus. We must hear from the Lord according to His Word, or we will catch ourselves being against God and His Word. Church, we must hear from the Lord. When you read the book of Acts, as I hope you are reading in your daily devotions or spending time with the Lord as we are walking through this book together as a church, it is evident that God's hand is on his church. Amen? Do you believe that God's hand is on his church at Northwest? Amen. He is. His sovereign plan Of Jesus, the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and taking the gospel to the nations. The Holy Spirit is indwelling the people of God, his church, for that mission. Now, where are we in the text this morning? Peter and John have just seen a man That was born lame from birth and now he's 40 years old and he's leaping and jumping and walking and they're standing next to this man because of the name of Jesus. And because of the name of Jesus and the declaration as according to this miracle, they're taken in front of the chief priests and the religious establishment and Peter, standing in front of the very men who crucified Christ, who falsely accused him, says, This Jesus, whom you rejected, has become the cornerstone. There is, no, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The boldness of Peter and John In this moment, we saw that last week. And so these these religious leaders gather up and they huddle together. They, They realize these are just common men and they're speaking with the authority. They realize they had been with Christ. The authority of Christ is now on them through the spirit of the living God. And they say to themselves, Maybe we should make them be silent. So they ask them, do not speak anymore in the name of this Jesus. Do not proclaim this message. Stop what you are doing. And Peter and John say, we must speak of what we have seen and heard. May God be your judge. And they return to their people, calls them friends here in the text in which we're gonna read here in a moment. And we believe that as a part of Northwest, we are friends, we are a family of believers. They return to their people and they declare what happened. And God's people pray. So that's what we're going to do this morning as we look at this text, is we're going to look at prayer, and then we're going to spend some time together in prayer. Because that is truly the answer in today's world. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse 23 this morning. Acts chapter 4, verse 23 If you stand with me in the reading of God's word, we're gonna open the Bible, the very word of God. It is the authority of scripture. It guides us and directs us, written by the Holy Spirit, given to us to hear and reveal the nature, the character, the understanding of who God is. Acts chapter four, verse 23. When they were released This is talking about Peter and John. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priest and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed to the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed together, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and continued to speak the word of god with boldness let's you may be seated what a passage of scripture father we ask that this morning that you would speak directly to our hearts not from my voice not from what i say but from what you say according to your word That we would see the early church, their heart of prayer, their heart for continuing the mission of God. We pray that your name would be praised in this place. That we would, whatever we do in here will fill the streets out there that the gospel would exude our life and our hearts in ways in which we cannot see, we cannot understand, but that you are doing it according to your great power, according to your great might, Father God. Father, give your people in this church supernatural boldness to proclaim the goodness and the grace of God to proclaim a gospel to a lost and dying world in the midst of chaos. Father, speak the truth of your word through your people. Lord, we want to thank you that we have the opportunity to gather together this morning online, in person, to hear your word, and that we would respond this week in prayer, in prayer for boldness, and that you would give your people opportunities for the gospel to move, the gospel to impact lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start off this morning by asking a question. The question is this Did 2020 catch you by surprise? Was it working from home that caught you by surprise? Maybe homeschooling your kids or spending, helping them at home with their school, whichever one you want to call it. Did that catch you by surprise? Thinking that your most used app on your cell phone would be Zoom, did you catch you by surprise? Did you even know what Zoom was prior to the coronavirus? Did watching people in the United States of America walk into stores and not pay for items with no one there to stop them, did that catch you by surprise? Maybe it was no professional sports for months. Your church being fully online or not being able to buy toilet paper at the store. Those, those are your top things that you caught you by surprise. The believers in this passage, they acknowledge something through prayer that I hope brings you complete peace this morning. They acknowledge the sovereignty of God. The creator of the heavens and the earth is in control of 2020. The psalmist asked the question in Psalms chapter two that is repeated in their prayer. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? Why were these people, Pilate and Herod, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, against the Lord's anointed, Jesus Christ, why? I mean, from an outside perspective, it's egregious, the very son of God, the innocent one in every way, the sinless one, falsely accused and then hung on a cross. How could this happen? Yet, the believers here in Acts, in their prayer, tell us that it was the very plan of God for the salvation of humanity, a propitiation or a satisfaction for the wrath of a holy God. So why did the Gentiles rage? Why do the peoples plot in vain? And they say because your hand and your plan had predestined it to take place. Did 2020 catch you by surprise? Sure did. The crucifixion caught the disciples by surprise obviously with Peter and them fearful and being scattered. But 2020 did not catch God by surprise. So as believers today on September 13th, 2020, when we lay our head down tonight, we rest in knowing that our God is still in control. Our God has a plan just as he had a plan with Jesus on the cross. And we as the church express this sovereignty in God the creator through prayer. Spirit-filled prayer. Why? Because we trust in God not in our circumstance. Verse 23 says this, and when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Our first point comes from this first part of the scripture this morning. It is thus, prayer is the spirit-filled believer's first response. Prayer is the spirit-filled believer's first response. Who's your first call? When stuff goes down... When you get a call from the doctor, that the prognosis is not good. When you lose a child, when you lose a job, and you don't get into the school that you wanted, and work is relentlessly tiring. Who is your first call? The first call should be to the Lord. In this, in this case, the disciples are going through a trial. They're meeting with the chief elders and the priest, and the elders are saying, no more. What's going to happen to them? They have just crucified Christ. They have said, no more. They go to their friends, and they tell them, what has happened? If you don't have those kind of people who can point you to prayer, we can get you some of those people. It's called a community group. Thanks for asking. We can help plug you in. Go over to our website. We'll get you figured out where you plug in the best. Talk to one of our people in our connect team. They can plug you in. We in America like to mask genuine community with faux community, fake community. These, these guys go directly to their friends. What I mean by that is you can have 1,451 friends on Facebook and it'd be faux community. You can have your workout friends, your work friends, your church friends, your Sunday school class friends, your T-ball parents friends, your school friends, your Friday night bowling friends, and yet still not have what I would call dialed in friends. You can stay far enough away from people that they don't get to know the true person there. Who are those friends that know you well enough you probably don't need to ask who are your dialed in friends that you can go to immediately when jordan and i first moved to thailand we were alone obviously we didn't know anyone there and we were getting in an argument maybe a little tiff i don't know what it was about maybe the the, the shower wasn't hot, or you know, the food wasn't to our liking. I'm not sure what the argument was about. But she said to me, Don't be mad at me. I'm your only friend in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> but this is who Peter and John returned to, right? Their friends. They're friends. We're centered around the gospel of Jesus Christ, and what do they do when they share their heart, their, their, their fear, their pain, their emotions here that they just shared boldly with the chief priests and leaders, but they also have been threatened to be silenced. What do they do? They pray. If you're a dialed-in friend, your first response is prayer. Prayer is always our first response, and we should encourage one another to pray. Husband and wife, you're, hopefully you're a dialed-in friend, but is your first response prayer? You're saying that my first response is is not to fix the problem or give advice. No, your first response is to point them to the one who sits on the throne in prayer and trusting in the sovereignty of God. Let me read you some of these verses that talk about prayer and the consistency of prayer with the believer. The first response is always prayer. The Every response is always prayer. First Thessalonians 5 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Paul writes, explaining what the church ought to be about. And what he says this in First Timothy 2:8: I desire that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger. Or quarrelling, Romans twelve twelve. Be constant in prayer. Philippians four six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Ephesians six eighteen. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Colossians four two. Continuing steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. We got a chance to go outdoors. Some of you in this room got a chance to go outdoors with men um, this weekend at a, at a camp out. And that was the most impactful time of the whole weekend. It was just hearing men cry out to God in prayer. Seeing them encourage one another to pray as they are going through issues in their life. Here's some helpful reminders to develop intimacy in prayer. Number one, speak to a person. Speak to a person in your prayer life. God is a person. You have access to the throne of grace in Christ. Picture yourself at the very throne of grace speaking to him because you have access to him through the blood of Jesus. Sometimes our our mind goes everywhere in our prayers and our thoughts. Speak to the Lord God Almighty, just as they do here in Acts. Number two, there is no one we would rather speak to We don't have to pray. We get to come before the creator of the heavens and the earth. We get to talk to him. We get to share our hurts and our failures and our fears. We get to proclaim his mercy and his grace. We get to proclaim the very nature of God, the sovereignty of God. Number three, call him father. This is the type of relationship that you come to him as being able to share your feelings with your Father who patiently hears you, wants to wrap his arms around you, steers you in the right direction to give you good things, namely himself, the Holy Spirit. Number four, don't stop praying. Pray and never give up. Be bold in your prayers. Be specific, knowing that the Lord, God of heaven and earth, is hearing you. Number five, pray. Prayer is an expression of love. Love the Lord through prayer. Express your love towards Him. Declare His glorious grace and His nature, who He is, aloud. Number six, pray with reverence. Sometimes we, we get very sloppy praying in a way that is not representative of who we are praying to. Prayer should be focused. It should be intimate. It should be meeting with the creator of the heavens and the earth, our heavenly father. If, if you have to schedule a meeting, schedule it. Number seven, just Ask. The word of God tells us just to ask God. Aligning our hearts with the word of God will bring about asking with the right heart, but from the mouth of the great theologian, Russell Westbrook, why not? Why not ask? Ask the one who is in control to do imaginable, unimaginable things in your life in the life of God's people. Number eight, prayer requires faith. It requires faith to get to a point of physically getting on your knees and speaking to the Lord God Almighty. It is faith that God is the author of salvation, the author of life, that he changes direction of the wind, he raises up kings, he directs the leaders who are put in place. Faith is trusting in the fullness of God. Your faith increases when you see the story of God from the beginning and his sovereign plan to the end. Your faith should increase when you read in Psalms chapter two what the king David speaks about actually comes true during the time of Jesus. Is prayer your first response? Verse 24. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit... Why did the Gentiles rage, the people's plot in vain, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed for truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. This is point number two this morning. It is this, trust the sovereignty of God through prayer. Trust in the sovereignty of God through prayer. I want you to hear this prayer of the early church and be reminded that nothing happens by chance. Amidst all the chaos here that's going on, Chief rulers being imprisoned, telling them no longer can you speak the name of Christ. Pretty soon in chapter five, we'll see in chapter seven, we'll see Stephen, one of the Christians, being put to death. See the persecution of the church. Amidst all the chaos of the early church, God's plan is being accomplished. Amidst all the chaos in 2020, God's plan is being accomplished. If the Lord created the heavens and the earth from the billions of stars to the 37.2 trillion cells in one human body, is he not in control of what happens next? If he spoke through David by the Holy Spirit in Psalm two to prophesy about his anointed who the world would turn against to crucify. Does he not know what's next for you, his people? There's some crazy things going on in the world today. Jesus said there would be crazy things happening before the end. Why should that surprise us? Matthew 24 tells us that lawlessness will increase. False prophets will arise leading many astray and the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. This is what Jesus says will happen and the hand of God is orchestrating all of that. Can I tell you what's amazing? God's hand upon his church here at Northwest. In 2020, through the first eight months, our church has given more in 2020 than we did in 2019. A lot more. Let me repeat that. Our church, the people of God at Northwest, have given more in 2020 than we did in 2019. How does that happen? Praise and thanksgiving to an almighty God. Let me say this. The early church leaders were trusting that God was going to work his plan and they were fully reliant upon him in prayer. We're about to finish. We have two weeks left after this service. We have two more services in here and then we move back into our newly renovated service. Let's praise the Lord, God Almighty. Amen. We've had a lot of people working incredibly hard to get this thing done. But can you imagine six months ago thinking to ourselves, hey, during the whole pandemic, we would have the new place fully renovated and ready to go for our people? I could not have. And yet, God had greater plans. Where do these people in Acts, the early church, where do they go to remind themselves of the sovereignty of God? They go directly to the hand of God, orchestrating the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. The question that they ask is, why do the Gentiles and the people plot in vain? And the prayers, in the prayer itself, they answer for. Or because they were gathered against Jesus, the anointed one, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, the kings, Herod and Pilate. Why were they against Jesus and they declare it? Because in verse 28, because to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. In other words, to do what you had planned. Why do the Gentiles rage? Why do the kings against the holy and anointed? To do what you had planned. God does not operate by chance. He operates according to his plan, and he is sovereign in his plan. Everything points us back to the cross, doesn't it? The buzzword thrown around in today's circles is justice. What does that mean? It means what is right or what it, as it should be. Justice actually flows out of the character and the nature of God himself as he is declared righteous, right. Since righteousness is the quality or character of being right or just, it is another attribute of God and incorporates both his justice and his holiness. You see we are created in the image of God and when we see injustice we cry foul, wrong. And we seek justice for crimes that are committed. We want punishment for the crime. God has placed that in our conscience as human beings. We see this with King David. King David, Nathan the prophet comes to King David and tells him a story. King David thinks that this story is a real story. Nathan comes to him and says two men are in a village or a city. One is rich and one is poor. The rich man has many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little baby lamb, which he had bought with his own money. He, he bought it, he grew up with it, with his children. It was like their pet. He, he ate from his plate, drank from his cup. He snuggled this, this little lamb in his arms. It was like a, a daughter to him. You can hear this story in 2 Samuel chapter 12. I'm paraphrasing, but not really. The text literally says it was like a daughter to him. Now the traveler came to the rich man as a guest. And he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. So he takes the poor man, lamb, in which he raised by himself, and he kills it, and he gives it to the traveler. David is angry at this story. He wants justice. for the man whose one little lamb is taken from him. David says, as long as the Lord lives, this man deserves to die. And Nathan turns to David and says, you are that man. You see, David had taken Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, You see, my friends, this is what the Gospel says. You are the man. Yet a loving and gracious God was willing to give up the Lamb of God to be slain for you. You are deserving of the wrath of God for your sin. You have rebelled against a holy and righteous God. And now, God would be willing to take your punishment and declare you righteous to pay for your injustice. Folks, this gospel is real. Yes, Pilate and Herod and the Gentiles and the people of Israel sinned by placing Jesus on the cross, yet it was the hand of God in his plan that he was orchestrating from the beginning. God was paying for your sin. Oh, the resurrection is coming. Oh, the redemption in your life, the restoration in your life, the resurrection even in death is coming. Look at the stories of the Old Testament about the sovereignty of God, God's hand in all things. Oftentimes it's difficult and yet he is declaring himself as the one who has a plan and this plan is Jesus. If you look at the Old Testament, you see God's hand at work. To a couple who's in their 90s with no son, God had made a promise that he would make a great nation out of them, Abraham. What was God's plan? How about in a jail cell in Egypt, as Joseph sold as a slave? What was God's plan? raise him up and be second in command to save God's people? What about the Israelites facing the sea and Pharaoh's army bearing down on God's people? He parts the Red Sea, the sovereignty of God. In the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go down and yet God's plan is to save them. In the mouth of the lion's den, God rescues Daniel. In the courtroom of the king Persia, the scepter comes down on Queen Esther and she declares to the king the wrong done against her people. The wall at midnight, God gives Nehemiah what he needs to rebuild. In the courtroom with Peter and John, God gives him the words to speak And in the church, after they are threatened, God gives them the boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we'll see later is we'll see Stephen stoned by a young man named Paul. What looks like a terrible event actually turns into the springboard in which God will use to Make his name famous among the nations. God's hand is at work. His plan is being accomplished. I read you earlier his plan, and the gospel will be proclaimed to the nations, and then the end shall come. Will you join us at Northwest in fulfilling the mission of God? In 2020 at Northwest, his hand is at work even in the hardest of situations. And he desperately wants you, the people of God, to call out to him in prayer. It is Mission OKC. It is our goal for 100% of our people to be involved. Mission OKC, again, is just highlighting what we do throughout the whole year. You can go to the website, sign up. I think we have 12, 13 groups if you don't have one. If you aren't able to get those groups or figure it out, talk to Chris or myself, email us, call the office. We can plug you in. Even if it's a prayer group, you don't have to leave your home. We want you to be involved in the mission of God here. Why? Because God's hand is moving and we wanna be a part of that. Verse 29, and now look, and now Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. This is our third point this morning. Boldness in gospel proclamation comes as a result of prayer. Boldness in gospel proclamation comes as a result of prayer. Having trouble sharing the gospel, prayer problem. Boldly proclaiming the gospel on your knees in prayer. The two go hand in hand. You know, the church could have asked for a variety of things. They could have asked for protection. They could have asked for traveling mercies. But what they asked for was for boldness. They asked to continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Why? What does the spirit want to do? He wants to glorify Christ. He wants to declare The majesty and the glory and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. The glory of the gospel of Christ. God is stretching out his hand and our job or our role in his work is to have boldness to declare what he is doing. We live in a day where we will be persecuted for boldly proclaiming the gospel in America. I shared that last week with you. You will be persecuted in your workplace for saying Jesus isn't the only way. You will be persecuted at your school for saying Jesus is the only way. We will be persecuted for calling people to repent and place their faith in Christ. But as for boldness, we must pray for it. The spirit of the living God comes about by aligning your heart with God's heart. That's what spirit filling looks like. His spirit is leading. His spirit is controlling the life that you live to accomplish his mission, not your mission. A lot of alignment comes about through prayer. Football is back. I'm sure you guys are excited about that. I'm excited. Our house is excited. Avery scored a touchdown last week. That was fantastic in her flag football game. But back in 2011, in a playoff game, the Seattle Seahawks were heavy underdogs going against the reigning Super Bowl champions. And the stadium in Seattle got so loud during one play that a seismograph went off. And it registered as an earthquake because of the excitement of Marshawn Lynch going beast mode, breaking nine tackles on his way to a 67-yard run. The term beast quake is now what they use to describe the play. Don't ask me how I know that. If people can be united and passionate about a man running with an oblong ball, how much more passionate should we be about the gospel? This text of scripture says when they gathered together they were filled with the spirit and the place that they gathered was shaken. Just as the ground started shaking with the thrill of football, the ground started shaking when they gathered together and prayed for boldness to speak the word of God. Our prayer this morning is that we as a church are bold together. Bold together. Let me ask you this question Why do you come to church? Why do you come? Ask that question to yourself. Sometimes you just kind of blank out and you're like, that's a rhetorical question. No, but I really want you to ask the question. Why do you come? Our prayer is that you come to be encouraged and uplifted in the worship together. And that you leave here so fired up that you're able to stand for Christ throughout the rest of your week. I hope you come here because the spirit of God is here, and because worshiping the Lord in song and his word re-energizes your soul from being torn down throughout the week from the way of the world. I pray that when we gather, it is not some ritual or some event, but it is a springboard for the rest of your week so that we when we are at our job, when we are at our school, when we are in our neighborhood, that we can be Christ to people and tell people about Christ with boldness. We think about the excitement of the fans during this beast quake. Those fans were dedicated. They were there to be loud. They were there with their jersey on You know what? I bet the 67,000 people that went to work on Monday, they declared what they heard and what they saw. May we do the same in God's church. May what we do As the body of Christ in here in the worship of God fill the streets out there. May we be bold as a church. We're going to move to a time of invitation. Our worship team is going to come up. But I'd like for you to stand with me and bow your head in prayer. The invitation is going to be much different this morning If you are someone who has never heard or never placed your faith upon Christ as the only way for salvation, that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, obviously this is a time to cry out to the Almighty God and say, I need Jesus, save me, O Lord. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is a time for you to call out to God and say, save me. But this is also a time to lift your voices in prayer for the Lord. As the body of Christ, as they did in Acts, they gathered together to pray unto our God. So I'm gonna ask the worship team to just play some some music before they sing we will lift our voices to the Lord God Almighty. But before we do that, I want us to lift our voices in prayer, in thanksgiving, in asking the Lord, because He is worthy to be praised. Remember what I said earlier, when we picture the Lord on the throne, we picture a time where we go before Him We cast our voices to him in prayer. That's what I want us to do as the body of Christ, all together, sharing our fears, our failures, confessing our sins, praising the God for the thanksgiving that he has given us, praising him that we are here today or online today. because he is worthy. And they do this all over around the world. They pray together, lifting their voices to the Lord together. This may be uncomfortable for some, but I want you to try it. I want you to act in boldness, to step out in faith and lift your voices in prayer to the Lord. On the count of three, we're gonna pray and want us all to pray together as we lift up the name of God, the sovereign plan of God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Can we do that? Let's do that. One, two, three. Lord God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you. Lift up your voices to him. Father, give us what we need for you today. We are unworthy. We are unable to do it on our own. Father, give your church boldness and strength to go out this week. As we go out as the body of Christ into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, into the projects we have, give us boldness to pray. Give us boldness to speak your truth the spirit of the living God live inside of his people. Lord God, help us fix our eyes on Jesus amidst the chaos and the surrounding. Lord, we thank you and praise.